Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name is Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Project Sports. What's going on, everybody? It's been a couple weeks. I haven't had a new episode. Been a little busy, and I couldn't get around to making an episode, but I'm back. We're here. Patriots have uh, gone on a win streak since I've been gone. NFL's still moving, regardless of COVID. They haven't seemed to waver. Patriots coming off a big win against the Baltimore Ravens, 23-17, and last week against the Jets with a a game-winning field goal. Feels good to be a Patriots fan at this moment, to know that there's a glimmer of hope for the season to be able to make the playoffs. Now, I'm not making a statement saying that they are going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying there's a glimmer of hope. And the return of the spirit of the New England Patriots has been found. It's come back to them knowing exactly how they played that Baltimore Ravens game was hit hard, play tough football, make smart choices. The New England Patriots we're used to there are back. It's simple. This is the formula they used to win when things weren't going right. It doesn't matter if you have the talent or not. If you make minimal mistakes and you play hard football, you make the tackles, you you hit the line with your running back and the offensive line, you will come out victorious on some occasions. This is how a, you know, a mediocrity team overcomes and becomes a potential playoff team. This is this is how it operates. Fundamental football. This is what we've been waiting for from the Patriots. Now we are on a two-game win streak. I said win streak. It's still a win streak. I know it's two games, but we can go into Houston and maybe win this game next week. We could go about a three-game stint. And then we're right back in it. We are two weeks away from being over 500. This is a good position to be in to give you some hope. I'm not calling them a Super Bowl contender. I'm not calling them a favorite in the playoffs. I'm not even calling them a playoff team yet. What I'm telling you is that we got the return of the spirit of the Patriots. So let's take a look around the NFL to see what happened this week. Uh, A big matchup that happened was the Titans and the Colts, and a huge game for the Titans. They are a little bit backsliding, and the the Colts came in in a divisional matchup, and and they put the laydown on the Titans. And now we're on this more balanced field in that division. Uh, Also, the Buccaneers come out and slam the Panthers, 46-23. And after coming off that tough division loss, you see how they, you know, bounced back, which is huge. And it's important to see uh, potential playoff teams and how they handle defeat and what the teams are made of. I think it's a big win for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And uh, it's it's just great across the board. Um, The Packers continue to stay consistent. They beat the Jaguars. It was a close game. I didn't expect it to be, but the Jaguars defense got... You know, riled up with that pick in the first half, and they played consistent, but Aaron Rodgers pulls out the win there. Another big one, obviously, is DeAndre Hopkins catching the game-winning uh, touchdown from a pass from Kyler Murray. It was very exciting. They win by two points over the Bills, which is also great for the Patriots to see the Bills lose to, you know, even the playing field. And then Tua is now on a three-game winning streak with the Dolphins, and they beat the Chargers this week. So the gap for the standings in the AFC East is is going in your favor as far as putting pressure on the Bills. And you got two teams now looming, just peering over. And, and so for those that don't know, uh, the beginning of the NFL 2020 season, they expanded the playoffs to 14 teams, only giving one first round bye to the number one seeds in each conference. But now 
they have expanded it again midway through the season. We have added another uh, spot for the playoffs. So now there's 16 teams going to be able to make the playoffs. Instead of 14, now we're up to 16. So two more for each side. Eight teams are going to be making the playoffs. I mean, this just gives everyone more of a chance to be in it to win it. So even more reason for the Patriots, if you're a Patriots fan, to be heavily involved in this season to see where they go in the next couple weeks will determine if they make the playoffs or not, and maybe we can salvage something. They are the David to all the Goliaths that are around them. We're in a much different position this year, and so far there's been many downs, but there have been some ups and ways to look forward. It probably was not handled the way we all wanted it to be and seamlessly into a, a young QB that could lead the way, but we have Cam Newton. We have this young running back in Damian Harris where we are soaring into a position where we can actually make the playoffs. And I'm sorry if you're not a Patriots fan, but I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this, this two-game winning streak so far that has happened, although not a big, large number. It's important to remember the game of football is very much off the backs of a high. So, Coming out of the Jets game, even though the Jets were the, not the greatest team in the NFL, you're still playing an NFL team, and you got a dramatic win and a game-winning field goal. You saw Belichick, Belichick excited. You saw Cam Newton excited. Uh, Cam Newton threw a pass over to Jacoby Myers right before they kicked the game-winning field goal, and Nick Folk kicks the game-winning field goal to win. Okay? You have to remember momentum. They start to believe in themselves. You know, and then we're going into the next week and they're going to play the Baltimore Ravens. They're supposed to beat you. They, they have these things running through their head. Well, guess what? Now they came out and they proved themselves against a very good team. They stayed together. They didn't do anything special. There was nothing special about that. They played hard. They made the tackles on defense. They looked like they were having fun. I was speaking with one of my coworkers. Um, his name is uh, Davis. And he was, he was saying they look like they're having fun which is important. You know, you want your team to be involved to give, you know, the spirit. That's why I'm calling this episode the return of the spirit. We have what it takes to win football games now. We believe in ourselves. That's what the New England Patriots are saying to themselves. They believe in what they have, and they're, they're going to do it regardless of the, the talent or whatever. And then also, on the other side of the football, the, the young players, the defensive players that are getting the starts, like Uche, and you can go down the list with all these young defensive players who were just out there just letting it hang loose. Gilmore was off the field, and you had uh, Winovich on the game for most of the, a lot more snaps than he normally is. And Bill just let him fly and said, hey, go play as hard as you can. Let's get a good fo football win in here. Stay disciplined. Do your job. Next up on the board is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. we got to talk about them. They're 9-0. and we're going to look at the rest of the games that they have quickly. I'm going to say whether I think it's going to be a win or a loss or how likely they will to go undefeated for the regular season. So the first game that they have coming up here on Sunday is the Jaguars versus Steelers. It's a very winnable game for them. But then quickly going into next week to sweep the Ravens this year, that's going to be tough. But if they do pull this off, you 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 have to think that momentum and maybe some build of the whole, the whole season and trying to go for it could become real. Now you got... Jaguars, then you got the Ravens, and then they play against the Washington Redskins, very beatable team. But you go against the Bills the following week, the Bengals, Colts, and Browns. It's still a very long road, but making it through the Ravens and going 11-0 at that point would be a huge uh, obstacle to making that perfect season. Do I think it's feasible? No, because you still have to go through the Ravens, the, the, uh, the Bills, and then also the Colts, and then Joe Burrow is playing well. It's another divisional matchup. You just have tough games along the road. Uh, the things that I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just think it's unlikely at this point for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go uh, uh, for a perfect season. Now, 
some might say because I'm a Steelers hater, whatever. I just don't like the team based on, you know, the rivalry. It's good, you know, good to have some mutual hate there. I don't, I'm not going to knock on uh, Steelers fans for not liking my team. So I'm going to give them some haterade. I, I hope that they fall on their face, especially even next week against the Jaguars and they lose because the Jaguars have some good talent, but they're, they're not going to go anywhere. But that would be awesome if they lost to some, you know, ragtag team in the NFL this, this week. So now we're going to transfer a little bit to fantasy football and how things are looking and maybe some players you should pick up uh, coming into the final weeks, two, three, four weeks left in your season before the playoffs start, what you can do, what you can look for. It's the same old, same old with fantasy football. There's there's no secret, okay? It's very apparent what you should be doing. Watch the waiver wire. Watch players that go down, lead running backs. Watch who the backups are. Pay attention. I'm not telling you that certain players are going to be home runs. But if you need to fill a spot when your player goes down, be on top of it. Don't wait. Be making roster moves. Don't be carrying two or three quarterbacks. Make sure your roster is filled on the bottom. And if you can or you can afford to carry two or three uh, QBs, whatever. If that's what you want to do, go for it. You know, some scenarios where your bench... Uh, has a tie break and some people like to have make sure that the bench is squared away with points wise but if you're looking for potential backups to make sure they're starters because as we're getting later into the year and we've already seen this year players going down left and right I think my two starting running backs two of my starting run potential starting running backs one is Christian McCaffrey he's gone out all year and then David Johnson as well is can never consistent but when he does perform he performs well and then someone picked up his backup off me uh, I, I put in a bid for it. So we, the way our waiver wire works is we put in a secret bid, and then once the waiver wire is clear, whoever has the highest bid, and you have a certain amount of money all year. So, um, which is also a really fun, unique idea. If you haven't already started doing that in your league, you really should, because the one through 10 or 12, how many teams you have in your league, waiver wire, the worst team gets the first pick is just, I think it's boring, and you know you should have a, you know, a money cap and be able to just uh, pick players based on that. Anyway, so... You want to make sure that you are paying attention to the waiver wire. Always, always, always trying to make t- uh, trades to make your team better. There are been a surplus of trades over the last couple of weeks. It's slow. It's like one or two here, there a week. But people are making trades and trying to better their team, trying to have positive outlooks. Some work, some don't. Some benefit other teams. So in our uh, fantasy football league, we got 10 teams in two divisions. Uh, and the, the, it's very, very close. I mean, it can swing all the way. There was one division where the last place team was in fifth place at the current standing point could actually make the playoffs. He still has a chance. He's four and six, and he's very close. He's got to win out his games and have a couple of people lose, and there's division matchups left, so this really could go in his favor. And he was also the former uh, champion of last season, Caleb. He was on the podcast. Uh, he has he has a chance. He, he was on here talking about how his team was not doing so great, but he he. St- was steadfast in making the correct trades where he needed to. He made a trade with another team in a in the same division as him, which helped uh, both teams. They both benefited from him and and found their needs, and now they're both being successful. You, making trades always just to screw someone over is not always you know ideal. You need sometimes you need to strengthen your team and strengthen another team, and you can really help each other out. Whether it's a two for three or a two two for two deal, and maybe you're lacking in a certain area, it can really help, especially with injuries and stuff like that. So making trades, playing the waiver wire, looking for certain players like this week, Swift, uh, the Detroit Lions played great. It's a great pickup. I didn't I didn't get my hands on him. I did put in a bid for him as well. Um, but there are some players you can look to that can make plays for you, and then trust in your core players, live and die by them, um, and then make smart decisions. So. Fantasy football can still be won and had. If you are completely out of it, obviously, uh, you might 
need to give up on your season, but I'd still say play hard, even if you're not uh, going to win the league, because, you know, the people who are in the upper echelons need you to pay attention. And if you just give up and don't play and, you know, bench people who have buys or get injured and you just keep them in and they get zeros and help people to win, it's just, it's a sucky feeling. Put your best out there. Make sure you're doing what you can to make sure the league is fair and winning. And you know what? Maybe you want to knock off one of the top teams so they lose and they lose the division. So it... In our league, we have a five-year keeper league, and we have a point system. So winning your division or being the leading scorer matters. You get points based off that over the five years in the big winning pot uh, that we have set up. So fantasy football is coming to a close here in the next couple of weeks. Make sure you pay attention to that waiver wire. Make sure you're looking at other teams to see if there's a trade you can make that strengthen your team. Running backs can be tough to pick up on the waiver wire, but if you are paying attention, you should be able to have a good one. Uh, I got James Robinson over this year by picking him up on the waiver wire, and he is the fourth best running back in the entire NFL. He's putting up the fourth most fantasy points. I don't know if he's actually moved up off that stat. He could even be higher, but he's having a great season, and wide receiver is probably more of a place where if you need some points and your wide receivers aren't doing that great, taking a you know a pick on someone that looks like they're going to project it to be good because the projections are always just, in the end, projections. Sometimes they don't pan out. Um, but you take a risk and you could hit big on that risk if you're reading reports uh, with that specific team. So what things you can do is like, hey, there's a wide receiver out of Philly. You go to the Philly newspapers, look up their, their local things. How is he playing? Is he getting a lot of reps during practice this week? Are they, they looking like they're going to go to him? How much did they go to him in the prior weeks before? Does he have good continuity with the team? Is he in the coach's favor? Things you kind of want to you know, circle on. You can do that extra research if you have to or you can get a good vibe. Usually there's tons of good reports on whatever system that you are using, whether it be the NFL fantasy app or Yahoo or uh, ESPN. There's a lot of good write-ups, quick things you can read. Just just do a little bit of reading. You should be fine. You don't even have to really go to those other sources because they gather the information for you. And then obviously there's this thing called your gut. Trust your gut. Whatever you've got going on, take a look at it. Take a look at the matchup, what you're seeing from that team to see if that player can be successful. Go with your gut as well. So just a couple of key factors can help you in fantasy football to help you adapt and overcome. So for Caleb and his uh, swing around was he made a good trade. Um, I've seen some other teams pick up some waiver wire pieces to help keep them in contention. And that's why all both the divisions have been so close and all the teams uh, have uh, good records is because everyone's paying attention. Everyone's trying to, you know, get the same players. If you look at the waiver wire with the bids, there's always people bidding on the same players and trying to outdo the other team in performance. And I love the competitiveness. It hasn't stopped. There's the teams have been flipping up and down every single week. Who's taking the lead in the division. And then also in the middle ground, people flopping up and down, up and down in the middle, which is great to see people are really working hard. And I feel like, you know, this is probably the best year so far we've had in, in our league. And this is just year two. Um, and making this keeper league and very competitive for the next year because you have keepers that you take with you to the next year and you can make trades based off that and trade uh, draft picks away. So with all that said, I think I'm going to transition now to a little bit about basketball. So we're open up the free agency. People are able to either make trades or, or sign with some teams. And uh, it seems like a, the biggest one of all is James Harden wanting to go to the Brooklyn Nets and play with uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And then also a little bit of talks about him wanting to go to Philly as well. But he turned down a huge contract from the Houston Rockets. And now there's, you know, murmurs about Westbrook and Michael Jordan wanted to sign him in uh, in North Carolina. And there's just all these things swarming so quickly. It's great for the NBA to generate some some uh, some good 
you know, free agency market goings and James Harden, a big player to go to Brooklyn. It would really strengthen the East and, and make it more viable for him. It would be a really smart decision for him. James Harden's not my favorite player. He's very ball centric. I don't know how it would work again because he's very different than he used to be when he used to play with Kevin Durant and OKC. Um, they're not really the same uh, players anymore. Like James Harden like runs a team and so did KD. He was the best player on probably the most ball-centric in Steph Curry that he probably could be, and then KD came in there and took over. So it would be an adjustment for James Harden. It would be very interesting to see. And having a matchup between the Warriors and the Nets in the finals or the Lakers and the Nets in the finals would be very interesting. And then also my Boston Celtics. Uh, I thought uh, there was a trade that went through where Chris Paul went to the Suns, and I, I said to my friends, you know, hey, I wish that the Celtics would have tried to get in on that and maybe trade away a couple of pieces and get Chris Paul to be able to lead our... I like Kemba Walker, but he's not enough for me. And Chris Paul's got a lot of uh, talent and, and expression and, and through the playoffs, but he just hasn't gone over that hump. I think Boston would have been a place he could have done it. I don't... Over the years, I've always had a lot of criticism on Chris Paul, but he's a great point guard and he is a good player and he would have been a great veteran who knows how to play the game and make, can make everybody around him better. He's probably the most old school point guard we have left in the NBA. And he's just a great talent. He would have been good. But he went to the Suns. He got traded there. Who knows? Because crazy things happen in the NBA. Who knows what the Celtics roster will look like. And I had a great conversation with Caleb, who I had on the podcast, talked about him a little bit earlier. And we were talking about how the Celtics are just too young and they're they're going to get there. And it's actually kind of nice. I mean, the patience, people get so angry that the Celtics lost. And, you know, we're not there. We're not going to get there. And it's like, just wait, just be patient. As long as they don't screw anything up and try to, you know, sell the franchise there. They could bring in another big talent to play now. And maybe we can win to lift them over the hunt unless JT takes a huge step this year to put a team on his back, acting like he's LeBron or Kobe or something like that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Once these kids start hitting into their early 30s, that's when you're going to start seeing championships. We have a bright future, which is you have to keep focused on. You know, Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward are not the future. JT and Jalen Brown are. And Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart won't even probably be here once we get to that championship run. But with the two core pieces that you don't want to let go of right now that people are going to want to come play with or play for, and I've heard people talk about the Greek freak, but they just made a... Uh, a grab with Drew Holiday. They paid a ridiculous amount to get him up there. I don't know if that's the player the Greek freak wanted for him to stay or whatnot, but maybe that's what they're trying to do. I'm not sure, but they just pretty much mortgaged the future and threw away three first-round draft picks or something crazy like that for Drew Holiday. I don't really understand that, but whatever. They they made that decision, but I'm I'm hoping that maybe even we can get the Greek freak. You need That would be something we'd be like, all right, well, now we can take a serious look. The, you know, he brings in maybe some other talents and come play with us. We can move Hayward. We can move Kemba, maybe the Greek freak, JT, Jalen, and then maybe another big that will come in and maybe we can have some semblance here. Maybe even keep Kemba Walker. He could play with a big man like that. It would be wonderful. But there, there's so much encompassing to it. The NBA looks like it's flowing in the right direction. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the NBA. Although, hang on, I got one more caveat. I can't end this podcast without talking about the late, great Tommy Heinsohn, uh, who played for the Boston Celtics for a very long time. He passed away recently. And I remember growing up with my dad listening to Tommy uh, color commentate for the Celtics for years. And pretty much, you know, my entire adulthood, 
he was a great talent and a, and a great voice for the Celtics and pretty much where I probably got all my biased attitude when it came to Boston sports because of the way he always looked at it and it was very, very optimistic and everything was always the other team's fault and it was a very fun pro-Celtic atmosphere all the time and he used to do this thing, If for those that don't know about the Boston Celtics and the local culture, he used to give out this thing called the Tommy Points, you know, players that worked hard and that, that was just a really cool tone and idea when I look back on it, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, I, I think about how this, this guy would always appreciate hard work and, and point out uh, something that someone would do that was over and above me. I'm not really, you know, score 35 points for the team, but it was a hardworking play. It would be someone who dove on the ground for the ball, which is what you're taught in the fundamentals of, of basketball. And Tommy Heinsohn was just such a, a voice for all of us, my, my father you know, watched him play growing up and I never got to see him play and win all his championships that he did. I think it's around eight championships and it was eight and seven of them were in a row, which is just unbelievable when you think about modern day sports and uh, people winning championships. You have to see them win one or two championships in a row. You're sick of that franchise. And in 1959, all the way to 1965, they won seven in a row. An unbelievable feat. Those were the years of uh, Tommy Heinsohn and also Bill Russell and just to some of the great Boston Celtics. And as he passes away, as someone close to the local culture, rest in peace, Tommy Heinsohn. You did amazing for our city and the culture all around us. Much love to you and your family. So I want to give you a quick heads up on what's to come this week. We have Brandon coming on the podcast, talk a little bit about the EPL and soccer around Europe. And then also the Saturday special coming out this week, we have Miss Catherine and she is coming on the podcast to talk about her company she has created called Rustic Creations by Catherine. And, and these are uh, wooden planks that have designs, flags for police and for the American flag and different flags around Europe and around the world. She makes these uh, these these pieces and they're absolutely beautiful. I know there's a lot of people in the military who listen to this podcast. If you go on Facebook and you, you search Rustic Creations by Catherine, you'll see it. Like her Facebook page. Take a look at her pieces of artwork. She's selling them. They're amazing, and we're going to talk to her about you know why she started this and, and what got her involved and what inspired her to do this. I think it would be a really good uh, little step out on a Saturday special to not talk about sports so much but get engaged in something different happening uh, around and during the COVID times that people have really gotten engaged with. So uh, we got her to come on and talk about the episode, and then Brandon uh, coming on to speak about you know soccer around uh, Europe. And going forward, as we get closer and closer to the Euro 2020, which will be great. I can't wait till that comes around. We can talk about all the matchups and all the different teams in Europe. It's going to be great. But thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate the likes, links, subscribes, all that good stuff. If you like what you're hearing, please share some things uh, around. Don't just look at the page. Just make sure you just give it a nice share. I would really appreciate it. And if you don't want to, that's fine, too. Really don't care. I see the plays that are coming in. You guys really like the show. I'm going to keep going. There's there's no problem there. We're just about at 500, 500 plays across the first 14 episodes. I'm really excited about that. All right, that's all we got for this week. Thanks for listening to Project Sports. We out. <laughs>